Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lynch Street. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's, it's the, the pregame. pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's part. It's the pregame. Oh, Welcome no, into- <laughs> dance, almost got caught. Keep dancing. Almost got caught. <laughs> Welcome into the pregame show here on the Black College Sports Network. Neely and Bishop coming to you live from the Athletic and Assembly Center as our Jackson State Tigers get ready to take on the Alcorn State Braves down in Alcorn today, taking on the rival. Neely, what's going on, brother? Man, it's all good, brother. Like you said, we are both here live at the AAC. You're in that historic trophy room. I think that's Walter Payton's locker behind you. I'm down on the court right off the block. Hey, we're here, baby. The Lady Tigers and the Tigers are down the street in Lorman, Mississippi, down on the reservation, the plantation, a.k.a. Opt Out You, all those nicknames we throw at them. Lady Tigers are looking to get that sweep, and the men are looking to break even because, you know, we opened up the season here at the AAC with Alcorn, and Alcorn Braves were able to get out of here with the victory against the men. Men are on a roll right now. Four games in a row, I think it is, we've won. So down there on the reservation trying to make it five. Yeah, as we take a look at it, our, our women's team, 15-6 and six on the season, a perfect 13-0 and 0 in conference play thus far. Uh, all corner uh, Lady Braves, they come to this game. 2-18 and 18 on the season, 1-12 and 12 overall. Uh, but I tell you what, um, you had a great talk. You had an opportunity to talk with Coach Jamika Reed in terms of what her expectations were uh, going into the second half of the season and, and her observations uh, in regards to uh, the Jack State women's basketball team. Yeah, we hit on a, a, a myriad of subjects, and uh, we're going to play that interview here for you today live on the pregame show. It was recorded uh, after a recent home game. But, you know, Coach Reed has always said uh, she does not coach the scoreboard. She coaches the game. And you're going to get some insight into her philosophies and how she's been able to manage a team and keep them dominant because it's so easy when you are undefeated in conference play to let off the throttle, to become a little complacent. And that's one thing that she does not want to happen uh, as they are now on this historic run. Historic because on the last victory, that meant 13 swag wins in a row. The first time in program history the Lady Tigers have rattled off 13 non-conference, I'm sorry, conference wins in a row. So it was a big win and a big deal. And they hope to keep that streak going, Chuck. Uh, you know, hope to keep that streak going. And when you talk about uh, Jackson State versus Alcorn, uh, of course, you and I, we remember from uh, our childhoods, those great uh, Shirley Walker versus Sadie McGee days, uh, uh, taking a look. So this will be a rivalry uh, like none other. But, uh, you know, Coach Reed, she talked about this next stretch of games uh, for our Jackson State women, uh, how, you know, it's going to be a tough road uh, after the Alcorn a rival game. Then you do the Texas two-step. And I don't know if, if you've never 
uh, been to uh, Houston, never been to Prairie View and played in that baby dome. I tell you what, the fans, it is a throwback sort of arena where those fans are sitting down on top of you. Always a very tough place to play. Uh, we'll get into it when we uh, preview that game. But I tell you what, this is a very important stretch of games here uh, for our women's basketball team. Yeah, it is, Chuck. You know, we we have uh, five games left in the regular in the regular season in the conference play, if you will. Uh, we got three on the road. We go to Alcorn today, uh, then make that Texas swing. Then we're back home the first week of March, uh, a Thursday, a rare Thursday game against UAPB on Thursday, March 3rd, and then close out the regular season Saturday, March 5th uh, versus Valley here in the AAC. But before that, we got these three big games on the road, three tough games on the road three games going against teams who are starting to peak and catch up to us, if you will. And that's one of the things Coach Reed spoke about. So it's going to be interesting for the Lady Tigers these next three games before they come back to the AAC. No doubt. Well, let's take a look at what Coach Reed had to say in regards to uh, their performance in these next three games coming up. It was good. I didn't tell the players before the game um, because I always want them to come out and just play genuinely hard, you know, not to overdo anything. Um, but I think they kind of already knew because we had talked about it a while ago. They asked what was the winning streak. And so I was just really proud that they came out and came, you know, walked away with a victory. Although we played bad basketball, no energy, um, we still beat our opponents by 19. So uh, I'm very, very proud of them for making history. Well, um, as proud of I, as I am of them, it's still never good enough. Um, because we have so many flat moments. And I told them we have not played a full 40-minute championship level type of game yet. And so that's how I keep them hungry. we got to be great every possession. And if, and, and if we're not, we're looking at those possessions, you know, and, and the next day in practice. You know, we're looking at what we got to get better. Um, and so we, we don't want to cause them to be complacent in any regards. We want them to always go hard, always seek to get better. Um, and when we uh, now that we are number one in those spots, we want to maintain that. So like tonight, we gave up almost 38% from the three-point line. Well, we've been holding opponents to 35%. Well, that's measurable. So now we have to hold them accountable. And so when you hold them accountable for something that we normally, that we supposed to do when they don't do it, that keeps them well, it was simple. We talked about the rankings, where we are right now, what Bethune is right now, and the fact that it does not matter. What matters is who's going to play the hardest. And at that moment, Bethune was playing harder than we were. And so I just told the players, listen, you know, you, you have to understand we have things that we have to go get, things we have to do, things that we have to accomplish. And so um, we just told the players they had to get with it. And it started on the defensive end. You know, we had to sit down and defend. All teams that we're playing right now are playing five guards. So it's making Amish Williams sit down and defend at the perimeter. It's making our post player, our four players, uh, LaMiracle and Deja Woodard sit down and defend on the perimeter. And so um, I'm happy because, you know, now they're getting better defensively, but we got to keep from being exposed. So I just told them they got to stay. If they want to win this game, you have to do something that we hadn't been doing. That's defend the three-point line and that's to um, um, rebound the ball because Bethune was right there with us in the first half and rebounding the ball. And, you know, stop getting, letting, letting them get into the paint. 
they had 14 paint points and not a post player on the floor in first half. So we had we had to we had to stop all of that. And so we just challenged our players. No paint touches for the for Bethune, um, and and crash the boards, dominate the boards this half. And they came out and answered. Well, that's a good question. I, I talked to the team tonight and I said, hey, the, these teams that we're playing the second time around are getting better. It's obvious. We beat one team by 35, we beat the other team by 55. And we now it's like right there in 1920 range. They're getting better. What is that saying about us? Are we getting better or are we being complacent? And I said, my answer is we're being complacent. We have no energy, we have no effort. And in order for us to finish strong, we have to play with energy, effort, and remove the complacency. And so um, we just gotta we just gotta come on with it. You know, they, they gotta dig deep, they gotta play hard, they gotta want it more than anything. They gotta understand nobody's gonna lay down and give it to us, especially at all point and especially in Texas. We got three tough games ahead of us. And so we're really getting trying to get the players mentally prepared. Um, I love my babies and I love when I put them all on the floor at the same time. Um, and the, the task is never easy for them. They understand even though we're up 20, 25, 30 points, you still have responsibilities. And we, we challenge them when they hit the floor. You know, the opponents, when you get on the floor, they can't score more than six points. You know, um, and to see them really try to dig deep and, and for that to happen is a great feeling because now if I can see them fighting for me now, I know they're gonna fight for me later on in their career. And they're just getting better and better. Every day they're getting better. From the minutes they're playing in the game and from the minutes that they're competing on the floor against Amisha, against Deja Rogan, they're getting better every day. So I'm excited for their future. At the end of the day, we're not gonna leave any doubt. Whatever you think it is or whatever you think it was, that's what it's gonna be. Whatever you think it is, whatever you think it was, that's what it's going to be. Great insight from Coach Tamika Reed. Hey, Chuck, is what it is. I think Rick Flash said, whether you hate it or love it, sit down and look at it because it's the best thing going today. That is. Woo! <laughs> you got to finish with a woo. I tell you what, uh, she talked about a myriad of things, but what really stuck out to me uh, – in, in listening to that interview was the fact that she mentioned that teams have sort of closed that gap just a little bit from when we played them initially. So uh, our team has to really stay on their toes, stay on their guards because teams are going to be coming at them night in, night out. I loved, loved, loved what Coach Reese said about that. But here's something that she also said. She says, you know, we were beating these folks by 30, 35 points. Now we're only beating them by 19. How about that, right? How's that? Only <laughs> but the spirit of what she's saying is spot on. You know, when you come out the gates hot like we have and having such dominant performances against other teams, by the time you get to that second round of playing them, because you got a home and home deal with, with conference play, by the time you get to match up with them again, either they have gotten better or you have gotten complacent. And she's concerned about the complacency, that it is so easy for us to dominate, that we're taking plays off and not hustling to the ball and not doing the little things that we should do, such as finishing layups after turnovers. Those kind of bugaboo things can really derail you when you get to the tournament and it only takes one game for somebody to be on and one game for you to be off. Uh, so she's concerned about that, rightly so, Chuck. Five games less in the seat left in the season with these three on the road and she wants to make sure that with these three road games Alcorn today 
going to Texas for prayer view in Texas Southern the following week before we get back home against UAPB and Valley to close it out. She wants to make sure there's no complacency. She wants to make sure there's no drop off in efficiency and effort because we got to continue to be the dominant team that we can be each of the four quarters of women's play. We have to continue to be the dominant uh, team in each of the four quarters. Uh, you speak of dominance. Play of the week this past week, Amisha Williams Holiday. She had two double double performances this past week, averaging 28 and a half points per game, shooting 39% from the field against Bam Unit. 33 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, she follows that up, bookends that against Bethune Cookman, uh, going for 24 points and 13 rebounds, six blocks, two assists, and a steal. Amisha Williams Holiday uh, is the focal point of this offense, and she is really just getting it done. Well, that's why I am where I am, not just in the AAC, but I am in Amisha's home. I'm standing in the paint, Chuck. Like mm -hmm. this, remember MTV Cribs, and they would take you to the bedroom and say, this is where the magic happens. Well, in the AAC, down here in the post, this is where the magic happens. This is where she's getting those offensive and defensive rebounds. This is where she's blocking those shots. This is where she's scoring from. So you're right here at this 33 points and 11 rebounds. Those kind of performances are taking place down low. So here's the opportunity for teams to stop that. Basketball is about what happens in transition, and it's also about style of play. So as Coach Reed said, you're going to see teams in this last stretch and in the tournament, they're going to do like the Detroit Pistons of old and go small ball, have three guards mm -hmm. on the sometimes yeah. four, even five guards on the floor because it forces a big out of their comfort zone to go out here and guard the perimeter, to go out here and guard a three-point shot instead of sagging back and doing what you do best. So you're going to see teams start to work that shot clock. They're not going to be in a hurry to, to shoot in the first five or ten seconds. They're going to let it get down to seven or less before they take a shot. You're going to also see them keep smalls on the floor to make our bigs because we're long outside of Amisha. Crump is long. Woodard is long. We got some long players. But you're yeah. going to make come out on the perimeter and play defense instead of dominate this paint and get all of these rebounds, which leads to second chance points on offense, fast break outlet passes on defense. Well, I was just about to say, you juxtapose that on the offensive side of the ball. And I, and this is a stat line that I always look at uh, with regards to this Jackson State women's basketball team, uh, offensive rebounds, second chance points. Uh, when teams go small ball, that really gives us an opportunity on the offensive side of the ball to really beat them up on the boards. You know, Chuck, man, Here's the problem. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Tenfold. <laughs> if you put out uh, a center and two forwards and two guards, we're going to dominate you. You know, if you put out small ball and you don't make the shots, we're going to dominate the glass. Like, you just got to pick your poison against this team. No one in the SWAT can do what we do on the level that we do it. So your only opportunity for success is to juxtapose that and throw something at us that makes us play a different style, such as having to guard guards or having to play defense a full, you know, 30, 35 seconds before a shot goes up. Those are your only opportunities because you heard Coach Reed, you know, we're beating people by 30 and then on the off night beating them by 19. The key is this, though. These teams are D1 athletes, scholarship yes. athletes we yes. have. That's why you see the game so close in the first two, three, four, five, even six, seven minutes because the stamina and wheel is just as strong as ours. By the time they get into that second quarter, let alone after halftime, with our depth and our length and, the, and what we do best, we just take the heart out of people. And you, that's when you see those double digits. So what Coach Reed is concerned about is somebody's hanging around in the first quarter. I think there's been once this year that somebody had to lead at the end of the first quarter and been once this year that somebody had to lead at halftime. 
Other than that, we've, you know, we've been dominant, but you don't want to give these folks hope. You don't want to get to the tournament and have someone getting foul trouble and have to sit and it changes the composition of what you do best. So I still think for teams to succeed these last five games, they got to hit us with the kitchen sink. They got to come with everything. If you roll your best five out, we roll our best five out. It's an 18 point victory minimum. If you do things different, like make us have to guard the perimeter and run around a little more, make extra passes, playing defense, eating all that clock. It changes the dynamic of what we do best. And that's your only chance. I don't think it works as far as getting to a victory. I do think it's your only chance to get to victory. No doubt. Uh, And you know what? Uh, Coach Reed hit on it in terms of playing these teams the second go around. Uh, And I'll never forget Coach Covington. He said it at a basketball camp uh, once. uh, Oh, but when I get an opportunity to see you the second time, I know what you're trying to do the the second go around. So I will have to take a look and see what these teams are are trying to do to combat uh, our length. Uh, and, and our ability to get to the rim and rebound uh, on, on these uh, these last five games, which will be tough. Uh, again, mentioned today, rival game versus Alcorn, but then you could do the Texas two-step. Uh, they have two prolific scorers. Texas Southern, Ataya Bridges is one of the top five scorers in the league. And then you have Diana Rosenthal uh, for Prairie View, who's also one of the top scorers in the league. So this next stretch of games is really going to prove our, our Lady Tigers medal going into the tournament. I'm going to date myself here, Chuck. Every time I hear the name Rosenthal, I think about the first Muppet movie when Kermit he was and had the mustache on, was an accountant named Rosenthal. And Miss Piggy would say, Rosenthal? Rosenthal? <laughs> hey, you can always but, count on a Muppet rapper somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how they didn't get an Oscar for that. I don't know how the Muppet movie didn't get an Oscar. <laughs> We're going to be ready for Rosenthal. Whether it's Kermit the Frog or their, or their star play, we're going to do the things defensively, give them some different looks again. Got our full lineup back. Deja Rogan is back out the boot, played well the past few games that she's been back. Now she's back on the road. I like our odds, Chuck. I like our odds. I like our odds. The Tigers are, are going back into that gauntlet, if you will, these next three games. Two of those games were the ones that we knew. If anybody can get us, it's those two. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, Southern or Grambling. Once you make it through certain teams, then you're just kind of sitting pretty controlling your own destiny. So we are still just as poised right now to go undefeated in the SWAC, uh, to win the regular season, uh, the conference championship. But, you know, everything is about the tournament. Everything is about, about the tournament. Yeah. You want to yeah. build peak, peak, peak and not get caught slipping on that one day that someone has just that one opportunity that they got to be better for you that one afternoon and to knock you out. So, uh, we're peaking at the right time. It's hard to imagine a team that's undefeated still peaking, but we have yet to play our best basketball for four full quarters on the women's side. Great point, man. Uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the men. Uh, the men heading down to the reservation to take on the Alcorn Braves. Jackson State comes into this game 8-16 overall, 6-7 and seven in the swag. The Alcorn State Braves, 10-15 overall, but 9-4 and four third in the SWAC. Uh, they have honestly been one of the surprise teams uh, in the SWAC. They announced themselves uh, with that uh, victory over Jackson State to start uh, SWAC play 65 to 50. And they've been playing some uh, good basketball uh, in terms of taking a look at what uh, they've been doing on the offensive defensive side of the ball. They are a, a conundrum of a team. You don't see uh, a lot of guys within, you know, the, the leaders, but they get it done defensively. They get it. They're right in the middle of the pack on a lot of statistics. Uh, just a good overall basketball team. Just You said it best right there, Chuck. Just a good overall basketball team. I don't think they're great at one particular thing, but they're good at about five things. And, and this was a season, 
you know, where everyone expected either Texas Southern or Southern to just dominate the swag. But what has unveiled itself is that on any given night, everybody has an opportunity. Uh, you know, uh, Valley can beat the number one team in the swag. Uh, and these, so these people in the middle of the pack or lower are really just as good on a two-game basis as they are the guys who are in the top three. Uh, so, yes, Alcorn came in here on opening night, swag night, conference play kicking off, and they got us. But this is a much different Jackson State team than that night. This team is not just solely relying on Jay Mack, who's that instant double-double. They've been forced, whether it was foul trouble or ankle injury, to learn how to play and dominate without him. And that's what you've seen happen these past three and four games. And since I'm here in the home of Amisha, you know, as we talked about the ladies, let me switch to where it's going to focus on for the men. And I'm going to go up here to the top of the key, if you will, Chuck, because I think this is going to come down to guard play. Like hmm. what we is we have to facilitate. Our guards have to get people involved. And if people are not knocking down those open shots, where do we need to go? We need to take it to the basket. Get them take in it to five. the basket. We need to aggressively attack the basket. It builds confidence in the shot, getting those layups. Worst case, you get fouled and you go to the line, also getting that rhythm in place. So I'm looking for a big spark from Jonas James. I'm looking for a big spark uh, from T. Lou, you know, down there in the block because he's kind of been doing it all. And we just still need that third guy who's going to come and get me another 8 to 12 points on this team. Uh, you mentioned T. Lou. He's been averaging 13 points and eight rebounds over the last 10 games. This last game against Bethune Cookman, you asked who might be that third scorer. Uh, let's take a look at Kenny Evans, 22 points uh, against Bethune Cookman in that huge 71 to 51 victory. Uh, we know our Jackson State basketball team plays tremendous defense, second in the swag uh, in terms of. Uh, Overall defense, it's the scoring part. And yeah. if we can get that part up and rolling, we won four in a row now. Uh, very impressive wins over Florida AM, uh, who had one of the top scorers in the league. And MJ Randolph was able to hold him under double digits. And then you backdoor that with a, an impressive victory over a Bethune Cookman team that knocked you off down there in Daytona. Uh, man, you put that politely. We didn't hold him under double digits, we shut him down. You know, mm -hmm. that was. And the swag that's, you know, getting out of bed and getting you 25, I think averaging about 19.5, held him to eight points when he came to the AAC. You know, our defense is stifling. You know, Wayne Brent has built his career on being conditioned and playing defense. Uh, and so we have always this entire season, just about every game, save one or two, we've held our opponent under their season scoring average. Our problem is how do we get 58 to 64 points? We can hold people to 55 and 58, but how do we consistently get us 60, 61, 64? We got 71 the other night, and I called it that uh, uh, the Randy Orton game because out of nowhere, here comes number four with like RKO and just knocking down threes and stretching the floor and changing the offensive dynamic. And so that's what you're looking for. You're looking for looking down the bench like, hey, who's going to be my third guy tonight? Who's going to yeah. be that that the other team really hasn't scouted or considered or factor in? That's going to get some confidence going early. Mal tried it, you know, a couple of games before. Uh, took some big three-point shots, like you know, almost like heat check. Let me see if I got it. And they didn't fall. Uh, but someone else comes in off the bench and they're shooting. So if we if we can get that going down on the reservation, I say it, I say it, I say it always three times for the mojo. I like our odds. I like our odds. I like our odds. We have talked all season long on the pregame show about the three seasons of swag basketball. Non-conference play November, December. Conference play January. And you want to get ready for the tournament by peaking mid-February to March. And the Tigers have done just that. It was a lot of 
flower bringing and hand wringing in January. Woe is me. What are we going to do with this program? But lo and behold, here we are in the middle of February running all four games in a row. And the SWAC basketball season is all about peaking in February, all about playing your best basketball going into March. And you couldn't ask for a better turnaround than the four in a row we've gotten to do just that. One four in a row, uh, just like our women getting ready to embark upon this uh, road stretch all four in a day, Texas two-step, Texas Southern, and Prairie View. Of course, we knocked off Texas Southern and Prairie View when they came to Jackson. Uh, Jackson State, over the last 10 games, we've gone six and four, uh, averaging 63.8 points per game, uh, 36 rebounds. Really been hitting the boards pretty tough. Ten and a half assists, five. Point eight steals, almost six steals a game. So I think that has played into that four-game win streak in terms of able to turn teams over a little bit and get that scoring average up. It was something that you talked about earlier this season, uh, Neil, in terms of doing it. I mean, you nailed it when you said averaging six three points a game. Last time I checked, more than six, and we we just about have to score sixty points to win. Uh, it just is what it is. You know, we we, we can hold people to fifty-eight less, but we got to get sixty. And it's even better we get a game like the other night where you get 71. But the magic number 60 to 63 points. We get that, play our style of ball, we can hold people back. Uh, a lot of people are concerned when Jack has some, had to miss some games, but I think this team grew up during, during that phase because I mm. think it players to say, you remember that movie Chuck Moneyball? I do. It wasn't about replacing Jason Giambi. It was about replacing his numbers. There and some go. do that with three or four other people. And so, yeah, J-Mac gets you 12 boards and he gets you, you know, 15 points. But all you need is five other people to score three more points than they normally score, to get you three more rebounds than they normally get. And you have replaced mathematically that entity. You may not replace the court leadership and the talent on the floor, but you replace the number. And I think that's what you saw happen. At least three, if not two of these past four games, guys have stepped up and we've mathematically replaced our best player while he was down with an injury. Hey, that's a tremendous reference uh, when you make the analogy with Moneyball because that's exactly what it is. You're replacing those numbers, and we've been able to do that over the past four games. Had a great opportunity to speak with Mal uh, Weidman uh, before they uh, boarded the team bus. Uh, he's looking forward to getting down on the reservation. He's looking to have a big game tonight. So. Yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, he didn't shake your hand, did he? Because I know sometimes you like schlep rock on the flinch. <laughs> little wowsy, wowsy, woo-woo, you know, you <laughs> hey Chuck, I'm always. Hey, you remember Slap Rock? <laughs> I do remember Slap Rock, man. Party <laughs> jumping, you know, uh, Pebbles is over there looking good. Slap Rock go to the jukebox and put a quarter in the whole damn time for the party. And <laughs> this is uh, anniversary weekend, man. This has been a year of of laughs and bringing. <laughs> So much Jackson State content to our fans, man. I'll tell you what. Man, you're exactly right, Chuck. Uh, Monday will actually be the day. Uh, but we were at uh, Memorial Stadium on Saturday, February 21st. And it was the first pregame show live where we did a show not only live with guests, but it was right before kickoff. Uh, and, man, it has been a wonderful year in JSU Athletics working with my man Charles Bishop and giving him the business live on the year because you never know. What I never be. know. 
But man, it, 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 what a year's been, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, give me, give me some, give me some of your moments, man. What, what are you looking back on this past year? And I know we're gonna do some more stuff in the weeks to come and talk, really celebrate this anniversary. But just off the cuff, what, what is? Man, some of I tell you, off the cuff, uh, it's been a lot of uh, people that we talked to, a lot of great interviews. Killian Wallow comes to mind. Uh, Troy Eggman comes to mind, of course. Uh, Coach Prime uh, down at Alabama a and looking at the scoreboard at halftime. That 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 popped in my head immediately. So. Uh, the raising of the SWAC championship trophy. Uh, I tell you, it has been uh, a myriad of just great moments during this year, man. It's been fun doing it. With you, buddy. Yeah. yeah, I agree with those, man. I, I think that that first sit down in April when that prayer view game got canceled in the spring season, that first sit down with coach prime in his office, that two part series we did really got the fans to know him a little better in his mindset. Um, Moments like T.O. In, in Miami, like you said, Gilly and, and Wallow, uh, those halftime or postgame interviews with Coach Prime, including the first one, uh, you know, which, which which the anniversary of that is part of our anniversary. And that, that was one of the nights, man, where I think Coach Prime now on the phone about an hour. Like, it, it, it was a, a line of demarcation in our, in our relationship, friendship slash brotherhood when we talked that night. Uh, but there's been some great moments this past year, but, you know, just like uh, you, Chuck, at uh, at Murr's prom, man, you never forget your first. So I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> I can't hold it. I hold it. So <laughs> just, just like you at Murr's prom, you didn't get your first. I gotta go with Troy Aikman, man, because that was literally the first interview that we did right there at Memorial Stadium. Interviewed him live on the air for Tiger Nation. And uh, since we're approaching the anniversary, man, we, we has that queued up. Let's go to the first ever interview on the pregame show during the pregame with Bishop and Neely sitting down with Troy. Super Bowl champion Troy Aikman here with us. Uh, thank you for joining us. You got I really appreciate it. Uh, Troy, you came in uh, to, to catch this game today. Talk a little bit about uh, what, what it means to uh, catch your uh, old teammate. Yeah, I, uh, I I was so proud of Dion when he decided to take this job on, and I just think it validates all that he's done over the years with the kids and, and the high school level that he's coached, and to kind of put himself out here at Jackson State uh, was really impressive to me, and I've told him that, um, and I think he's going to do a great job, and so when I found out the games, I didn't realize that they were playing in the spring, I thought the games, you know, were canceled, or they had, this team had played in the fall, and so... To, to, to be able to be here today for his first game, uh, I, I just was not going to miss it. it. It was important to me to be here, and uh, not just for support, but just to uh, make sure he knew that, that what I have told him in the past and, and how much I think this means uh, that it means that much to me and, and to support him and, and be here was, was everything. Sure. You know, a lot of us feel like we know Coach Bryant. Because, yeah. because of his career, social media, but you know him. Yeah. What can the Tiger fans expect out of your friend, Deion Sanders, our coach, Brian? Well, I think he's a tireless worker. Uh, the, this is really important to him, um, as it should be. And so they're going to get uh, everything he has. And uh, I'm excited about the program. Just there, There's, there's you know, we were, I was talking about it with some, some other friends of ours, teammates and stuff, and, you know, here's a guy who hasn't played in a long time. You know, uh, I haven't played in a long time, but of, of those players, he still has his relevance with the current players. I mean, it's they don't just know him as a broadcaster or someone who's on television. They know Dion as a player, mm -hmm. and there's not many players uh, 
that have been out of the game as long as we have that current players feel that towards. And so he, he's, he's been able to remain connected with the younger generation. And I think it gives him a leg up on, on in, in some of the areas of recruiting. Uh, I think he brings a uh, credibility to this, this town uh, that, that a lot of people just wouldn't simply be able to bring. And uh, I'm excited for him. You know, I really am. I, I think he's going to do a great job, and, and of course, it all kicks off here this afternoon. You guys had a big hug out there. Was it? Yeah. Was it a surprise? Did he know you were coming? He did not. No, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted, to, wanted to surprise him, and yeah, it uh, was, was special. Well, we won't hold you up. Thank you for stopping by Tiger Talk before the end of the I mean, you look great. You look like yeah. you still threw a few passes. Uh, well, a few. I could throw a few. I just couldn't take a few hits. So that's, that's, the, that's the problem. We appreciate your time, Thank man. You guys. Well, Thank you, guys. You bet. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, tremendous year one. That was our first interview with the great uh, three-time Super Bowl champion, Troy Aikman of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> that was a special moment, man. Hey, man, and shout-out to Troy Aikman. Since that time, Chuck, I know how big of a carb watcher you are. You know, Troy has come out with his own beer called Eight, just the number eight. And uh, it is out there to compete with those other beers that offer low carbs. And so, Chuck, while you're out there shopping, man, knock it back alone, Nick. You know, think about your first gig, man, Troy Aikman, to buy number eight. Number eight. How about that? <laughs> and well, I tell you <laughs> It can be a paid endorsement, uh, so we're going to make sure. I was about to say, make sure. <laughs> I mean, and eight beer can be, and I will drink eight on the air, Troy. I promise you I will. <laughs> there you I go. Can- well, I tell you what, Neil, we're right up against tip-off. Our Jackson State uh, women getting ready to take on the Alcorn State Lady Braves, of course. Uh, you can catch that on the Jackson State Sports Network. Uh, Rob J bringing you all the action from down there on the reservation, the Baby L. Whitney uh, Complex. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Any final words before we get out of here? Hey, any final words are just simply this. I am now in the student section, which gets pretty rambunctious right here behind the visiting bench. So hopefully we have some students that made that short drive down to Norman and give our team some energy. I'm going to go out there and say uh, Lady Tigers by 21. Uh, Tigers win by oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I will take our Lady Tigers 25 and plus five. I like it. 21 to seven. We got you. We got you. Loser by salad. Why not? Loser by salad. Speaking of which, man, I got to get a little lunch. Got a 140 tea time. Meet with a couple guys on and, and get out of here, man. Well, let's do it, man. Uh, this is going to wrap us up from the AAC again. The Tigers and Lady Tigers are down in Norman, kicking off the end of February road sweep. So, playing all corn today, then go over to Texas for Prairie View and Texas Southern. But get ready, Tiger fans, to come back here to the AAC Thursday night, March 3rd, versus UAPB, and then alumni fifth. Robinson has some special treats for the alumni who come out for that final home game of the regular season, Saturday, March 5th against Mississippi Valley. Lindsey Hunter will be sitting right there, Chuck, and we're going to give him Got the to. absolute Got to business. Give the absolute business. Looking forward to it. I tell you what, for Bishop and Neely here on the Black College Sports Network, it is the pregame show, and we will see you from Houston as we preview the Jackson State Tigers and the Texas Southern Tigers. Until next time, 
We're out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Listry. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed the free game. Free game. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's part. It's the 